Um, obviously, the kids are up here with them, so grab them, put them in a headlock, whatever you gotta do, and, and get them beside you, okay? Um, uh, I got some announcements for you, so bear with me just for a moment here as I um, tell you some things going on. Obviously, uh, we got Christmas weekend coming, and, uh, and I also know that we're supposed to get some weather Friday and get cold Saturday and all this stuff, but I'm planning on being here. So uh, now what I've been told is that I've been saying Christmas Eve service and, and uh, normal Sunday service, but I haven't been saying too much about what time Christmas Eve is. It is 6.30. Okay, 6.30, uh, that way if people have to work, uh, they have time to get here, but also it's, it'll be a little earlier, so there's time to do family stuff afterwards if you want to. So Christmas Eve service is 6.30 on Friday night, and, and Tish and Mike and the crew will have some food. It's going to be a great night. Kids are involved in the service, so I'm looking forward to it. We're going to celebrate uh, Jesus, and that's certainly uh, 10 a.m. Christmas morning. We do have church that day, so uh, it'll be like a normal service, maybe a little shorter than normal, so again, family activities can happen, but we are having church on Christmas Day. All right, so some other announcements real quick. Don't forget, coming up at the beginning of January, January 8th to 28th, is 21 days of prayer. I'll tell you more about things that are going on, but I am going to let you know about this. Back at the back table are these little booklets called Pray First. And uh, as I said, that's going to be a tag phrase for us, Pray First. Well, uh, I re really catching on to that from a guy named Chris Hodges. I was at a conference at his church this past summer in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, they do wonderful things. And these booklets called Pray First are sort of prayer guides. It's kind of, if you want to learn how to pray, this can help you. Okay, and it just, it, it walks you through the Lord's Prayer. It actually has a section on uh, how the temple's set up in, in the Old Testament, how that can be a certain way we can understand our prayer life and different things that we pray when we pray. So you can pick these up in the back, or I have an or here, so everybody listen to my or, okay? If you are tech savvy, how many of y'all are tech savvy, anybody? Okay, if you're tech savvy and you don't like the paper thing, Back on the back uh, bulletin board, there is a, a 21 Days of Prayer poster. There's a QR code on there. That QR code is for a app on your phone for this. And what's really cool is, for the app on your phone, it has a place where you can keep a prayer journal and all sorts of things like that, okay? So, um, if, if you'd rather have the app on the phone, then the booklet, go ahead and, and do the QR code back there. Okay, uh, next thing, in all this rest of this stuff, except the last one, brand new announcement. I'm going to put these in your mind now. Uh, the last Sunday of January, the 29th, uh, Judy Zerker is going to be here with us. And Judy Zerker, uh, what she does is she... she uh, does presentations for students at schools of dangers of certain things. She's going to come here, and that day after church, if you want to stay, she's going to talk to parents about social media and your kids and highlight some of the things about social media and make you aware of some things. You may be up on it, but you may not be. So uh, it's going to be a time for just information for parents about social media and the different things that are happening in our society because of it. So that's the 29th of January. Then for married couples, or if you want to get married and learn some stuff, we have our Love Your Marriage Friday night, marriage night, uh, February the 17th. And 
different than before. So we got all sets of campus passes are going to come here at East Stewart session from 6 to 9 p.m. and have a night for you guys with the child care and all that kind of stuff. So February 17th, I uh, love your marriage night. So uh, put that on your calendar. And let's see. Also, don't forget, if you're interested in any kind of overseas uh, mission travel next summer, let me know so early in the new year I can get together with you about that. Let me see. Well, I think that's all I want to say tonight. So a lot of stuff going on, but we'll keep announcing this stuff. And I'm excited for things coming at the beginning of the new year. Amen? All right, everybody jump up on your feet. Uh, high five somebody around you. Let's get ready to worship Jesus together tonight. I was buried beneath my shame.
under their car seat. And yet they're sitting out there with their credit card trying to get the ice off. And I've been there, I've done that. But God has given you the perfect tool to do the job that you are here to do. And he's asking, why are you trying to make your own way when I have given you exactly what you need? It's right there. And a lot of times it's the Bible. (laughs) A lot of times it's the Word. But you have exactly what you need. He hasn't given you a job that is impossible. Because with our God, all things are possible. He is never going to let us down. He never has and he never will. And you will have exactly what you need. The Bible says that my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches, not according to what we have. Do you trust him? Are you going to go get the tools he's given you to make your life work? Because I don't care how big of a storm you have. I don't care about how big of a problem you have. He has supplied every need for it. Our God is never going to let us down. And it doesn't matter what the circumstances look like. I'm just going to be real transparent. A few weeks ago, we checked our bank statement and we had three cents in the bank. But guess what? We had everything we needed. Every single need that we had, it was met. And it doesn't say that we're going to have abundantly more in every aspect of our lives. But we had everything that we needed. And that time is hard. It's hard when you have a little. But we learn to count on our Jesus. We learn to depend on him because we can't do it on our own. That credit card isn't gonna go through five five inches of ice, but the tools that he's given you is gonna help you do it. So we're gonna just sing that again because he never is. He never is gonna let us down because he is good. He is so, so good and he loves us. So I just want you to sing it and declare this over the area of your life that looks impossible. The area of your life where it looks like, hey, I gotta drive somewhere, but I can't because
because there's too much ice on my windshield. I can't see. You have the tool to see. You have the tool you need to see so you can go to where he is taking you, where he's taking your family, where he's taking your relationships, where he's taking your temptations away from you. You have what you need right now. So stop looking for it. Go to the word where he is calling you to. Go to him. Go in the secret place. Shut yourself in until you get your answer because he's already given it to you. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. Oh, you're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. Oh, you're never gonna let, you're never gonna let
Except for a heart singing, I'll 
offer you everything we have. We offer you back up the breath that you put in our lungs, Lord. The life that you first gave us, Lord, we offer it back to you. Nothing else fit for a king. Lord, I pray that this Christmas season that we would remember you. That we would keep you in the center, Father. You are everything. We just want you. Come and have your way with us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we're glad to have you here tonight. If you would just go and greet some of your family of faith this evening. I know they're checking kids in, and Kids Church will give them a second to get everybody down there. Live streamers, by the way, wherever you're watching from, whatever platform, it's good to have you tonight. And um, uh, certainly, if you're local to us and, and you just live stream, you're welcome to come join us in person. We'd love to have you here and to meet you. Uh, by the way, Merry Christmas. Let me just say it. And just in case you're not here uh, Saturday night for uh, Christmas Eve service or Sunday because of family stuff, have a good Christmas. I'll probably forget to say that at the end. And then we'll be back at things. And certainly then uh, the next Sunday is uh, New Year's Day. So we're hitting all the, all the holidays on church days. Now, I know, I know uh, maybe I shouldn't say this. I know that... Uh, I'm going to say it anyways. I know that, uh, you know, you get a pass on Christmas family, but we'll see the, the true churchgoers on New Year's Day if you're at church that day. After staying up and dropping the ball, whatever you do, then come to church the next day. I don't know. The older I get, I don't care anymore about staying up till midnight. Usually, usually I still do, but I'm ready as soon as it hits midnight, lights out, I'm gone. So I don't, I'm not out like I used to be when I was younger anyway. So that's just what happens when you get old. I don't know. Is anybody, all the older folks, if you like that, is it, are you with me on that? All right, so anyways. <laughs> Tithe and offering, if you have something to give, if you, give, if you have something prepared, they're in the uh, envelopes or in the chairs in front of you. If not, you can wave your hand around. One of the ushers will help you out. They also, uh, on Sundays, carry prayer cards with them. If you have a prayer request, we'd love to pray over those things. All you do is fill those out and give those to me. Um, 
but let me pray over your offering tonight. Lord, we thank you uh, to continue in our worship and our giving tonight. Lord, uh, it's a blessing to you because you have blessed us. And, and the fullness of trust in you, that you always go before us in all things, including provision. And, and we live our life in you. And we know all things come from you. And we're grateful, Lord. We're grateful. And our giving, Lord, is a response in our gratefulness. And, and, and we thank you for all the many times we can count that you have done for us what nobody else can do. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you have it, you can bring it. Um, like I said, I'm looking forward to the things coming up, the, the 21 days of prayer, then, then certainly the marriage night in uh, uh, February. So we'll have sign-up sheets for all that stuff at some point, and uh, so you can get locked in on that. So having said that, uh, if you got your Bibles, if not, I think they'll have the verses up there, but if you have your Bible, go to the book of Luke, and certainly in Christmas season, so we're going to, on Sundays and Wednesdays, that's sort of where we've been, and we're going to keep with that uh, tonight. So Luke chapter number 1, and verse number 26, is we're going to start there. I want to talk to you uh, maybe something that's rather simplistic, nothing deep, or, or uh, you won't have to think too much tonight, which is good sometimes. Um, I just want to talk about Mary for a few moments, and maybe, depending on the time, we'll talk about Joseph a little bit. But Luke chapter number 1 and verse number 26, it says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel, one of the few uh, angels that are given, their name is given in the scriptures, was sent from God. In other words, the angels, one of the, one of the capacities of angels uh, is that they are messengers of God. He was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a, a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And it's in Joseph, that Jesus is the fulfillment of the line of David and the Davidic throne that he fulfilled. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But, but she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Mary, for you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And all these things are uh, drawing on uh, uh, prophetic fulfillment that we find in the Old Testament. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. That should draw to your mind Isaiah chapter number 9. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative is Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the story of John the Baptist there. Uh, and in, in, this is the sixth month 
with her who was called barren. And anytime you find in the Bible a woman who's barren and God causes that to see something good is going on there. Uh, and by the way, if you didn't know that John the Baptist and Jesus are, are cousins, maybe throw that out to you. Verse 37, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, behold, I am, I love this, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And then the angel departed from her. So Mary and Joseph, and there's an account of Joseph. Maybe we'll get there and read his account in a moment. Um, I, I think sometimes when we read these stories, they kind of get waxed over as stories. And, and we kind of miss uh, kind of the real time, what's really going on here when it was happening. And you can imagine just, just the fact that an angelic being shows up and starts having a conversation with you. That's just sort of out of the ordinary. Uh, it, it seems in the, in the wording here that takes her a moment to, to understand who, who is talking to her. Uh, she's troubled trying to discern what's happening. But an angel shows up and talks to this young lady, and, and, and many guesses have said she, she's a teenager, maybe in her mid-teens at some point, uh, based on custom and ages of, of what they did at that time. But here, here is an angel from God, Gabriel himself, by the way. He's big stuff in the, in the hierarchy of angels. Coming and talking to this girl, this is extraordinary. Think about that. Extraordinary. Um, I, I think it's possible in these times because of custom and beliefs and things that, that they understood Something like this may not have been so far out of the ordinary as it would seem to us today, but still it's extraordinary. An angel showing up in, in physical form, it seems to be, and talks to this young lady and begs to tell her, you're going to have a baby. Now, you've got to really think about this. You're going to have a baby. And she says, time out. I've never been with a guy. I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing here. I'm keeping myself pure for the marriage bed. And the angel says, don't worry about it. God's going to take care of it. The Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you. Now, I don't know about you, but that should be tripping your mind if you really think about real time, real life, not just a waxed over story, that this literally happened to this young lady. First of all, let me just say this, and it says in there that nothing's impossible with God. You cannot be a Christian and not believe in the miraculous. Not possible. You can't scientifically wipe out the miraculous from the Bible and still believe in Jesus. Not possible. As a matter of fact, when you start to do that stuff, eventually you'll start to question the deity of Jesus. Now you've gotten into heresy. But the Bible from beginning to end is stock full of miracles. And why, why would it be any less today? Let me ask you a question. Do you believe at the close of the New Testament, when the, when the last writer wrote the last stroke of, of the inspired word of God and, and the letters were sent out, eventually uh, they gathered them together into what we call our Bible. But before that happened, that last letter was wrote, did, did the angels cease to exist? Are they still there? 
Is Gabriel still around? We believe in stuff like this. This isn't just a story. It's not, it's not a myth. It isn't something that we, we, we tell a story about because we want to believe in something, because we need to believe in something, because without belief we don't have hope, and, and what is life without hope? So we conjure up stuff like this. It's not what this is. It's, we believe this really happened. You, you have to believe in the miraculous to be a Christian. And that rustles with your intellect at times. By the way, it will. It will rustle with your intellect at times, your, with your reason, with, with your need to have everything explained perfectly. So, so when the scriptures say that the Holy Spirit overshadowed her and she became pregnant with Jesus, well, exactly how did that happen? I don't know. I'm not sure I want to think about it. But we know it happened. How? I don't know, but I believe. Your faith will take you beyond understanding at times. Has to. And we, we could sit here probably for a couple hours and, and pick through the scripture about some of these things that are miraculous and, and, and talk about how that messes with our intellect and our reasoning because you can't scientifically prove it necessarily. But yet we believe because it, faith, belief takes you beyond your understanding. Okay? But what I love about Mary, Mary does hold a special place to us. Now we, we don't uh, believe in Mariology as the Catholic Church does in the Protestant Church, but yet Mary still does hold a special place to us. As the mother of Jesus, she received the word from God, from the angel. She highly favored. In spite of her trouble and her fear in this, in spite, by the way, you have to think now culturally, what was it like for a young lady in that day to be pregnant out of wedlock? It wasn't a good deal for her. Most likely shunned by their community. So it, it wasn't so much, oh, wow, great, I, God's given me a word and something's going to happen. This absolutely, positively changed her existence, not only as a, as a person, but her social standing as well. It messed her whole life up. And the story of Joseph, if we get there to read it, he was a good man, and it says that he actually had in his mind not to publicly disgrace her, but to, to separate from her privately. Right? Because he knew the disgrace upon her for being pregnant out of wedlock. But see, Mary trusted in God so much that she received the direction for her life. Not, not only that what the angel said would be true, that, uh, okay, so let's be adults here for a second. It wasn't like back in the day at that time, 2,000 years ago, they had any less knowledge about how babies are made than we do today. They knew how babies were made, right? That she trusted in God enough 
that this absolutely wild thing that was told to her, that she accepted it. And maybe not in the moment, it probably wasn't thinking that hard or that far, but maybe at one point it did dawn on her, we don't know necessarily, of not only how it changes her life, but may change her social standing, that she still received the word of the Lord. I, I, love, I love how she says, go back to verse 38. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Think about that. What the angel was telling her was so miraculous, so life-changing, in, in a moment, she simply received it. Because I'm, I'm the servant of the Lord. So whatever he has to say, I'll take it. Even if it's beyond my comprehension, even if it may wreck my life, I'm grabbing hold of what he's saying. That fascinates me. That this, this a teenager, we're not talking about an older, mature person in the Lord that, that spent so much time in prayer in the temple. In fact, this is a teenager that grew up in the traditions of her faith, certainly. But he, of course, it could be, I don't know, maybe the younger we are, the less we, we think and less we box God in. So maybe, maybe it's more open to what God would do. I would like to think it's the opposite, but maybe that's the case. I don't know. But she simply believed entirely what God was saying and simply took him at his word. She had, what, one question here? How can this be? That's the only question she had. I don't know about you. <laughs> An angel showed up in my bedroom tonight and gave me a word that was that miraculous, that life-changing. I would have said, hold on, you got, you got an hour or so, can I ask you a bunch of questions? She had one question. I don't know, how is that even possible? Well, don't worry, the Holy Spirit will take care of it. Well, okay. Let, let it... I like that. Let it be to me whatever he says, simply because I'm a servant. If we can take that attitude, do you, do you believe then, because we believe in the miraculous, when we know things that the Lord has said that are contrary to our lives that we live now, that I believe that anything is possible for me because the Lord has said it. Whether it's in his word or whether the Holy Spirit speaks to me. I believe that anything is possible just because I hear the word. Could we live that way? That my life can change according to his word or the direction of my life, that he can speak to me, that, that it may seem like I don't even know how this is going to work out. It doesn't make sense. And whatever things pop up into your reasoning, that you still go, but yet let it be to me 
as the Lord has said. That we, we are that kind of people who, when we say one of our values is to live by faith, that's what I'm talking about. That we would live by that kind of faith. That if God just said it, I believe it. Remember when Jesus was in his ministry and the time that he said, this is great faith. Remember that story, the centurion? And, and the centurion was even like, you don't even have to come and, and pray over my child. Just say the word. And I know if you just say the word, it'll be done. And Jesus said, man, it's a Gentile. I haven't found this kind of faith in all of Israel. This guy just simply hears the word and, and believes if I say it, it's done. It's the same sort of thing here. You just grab what God has said and you believe. Yeah, that's great faith. She was troubled, but yet it was amazing. It led to a faith, a trust, that not only what God would said would happen, but through what she couldn't see, that he would help her through it. There was something there that she just turned herself over to it. My goodness. Oh, we can go to Joseph. Go to Matthew chapter 1. Now, what's interesting about Joseph is we don't know a lot about the guy. Because after the initial stories of, of the birth of Jesus and, and his getting lost, well, they couldn't find him when they were uh, over by the temple. He sort of disappears from the story. They just kind of assume maybe he died young. And Mary had Jesus and, and uh, her other children in, in her life. But, but Joseph is important here. So Matthew chapter 1 and verse number 18. Matthew's telling of, of the birth of Jesus. He says, now the birth of Jesus took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man, and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Maybe a little bit different than what happened to Mary. And in the dream, he said, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, which is conceived in her from the Holy Spirit. And she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place for what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife. But he knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. Same sort of a story. But Joseph has a dream. God spoke to him through an angel in a dream. I don't know. I have weird dreams all the time. How many of you ever have weird dreams? And I do not. I'm not one of those people who ever dreams from God. I'm not like that. I do have dreams sometimes from him, but most of the time, melatonin, a taco, a son, I'm having a dream, all right? It's just not from Jesus, right? He has a dream and somehow discerns this is actually the word of the Lord. Now, let's think about Joseph here. When I was engaged, 
And she comes to me and says, hey, I need to tell you something. I think I'm pregnant. I'm not sure the conversation would go much past that. I said, good for you. I'm out. Because I know for a fact it's not mine. Right? And, and he was going to do it. He was going to divorce her quietly. But yet the angel of the Lord spoke to him. And just like Mary, he responded to this vision, this dream, and had this wonderfully great trust in God overlooking that his fiance, not necessarily the words they would use, but his fiance was pregnant and really had to believe that God did it and not some dude that lived around the corner. Think about that. That is incredible trust. Incredible trust. He stays with her. They do get married. As it says there, he knew her not. They didn't have relations until she, she gave birth to Jesus. But again, realize socially, it would have been known she's pregnant. And you can imagine the gossip in the whispers. Because Mary's reputation would have been tanked in a great way, and probably Joseph's a bit with her, not as much as hers, but with hers, because his justice of life would have been trashed just like hers. Because they would assume because he stayed with her, it was his, and they were having relations before they got married. No, no. Right? This great trust of God to entirely put their lives in his hands. Jesus comes because of the faith and the trust of human beings. Think about that. And it's still the same way, by the way. Because the gospel continues to go through the world through people like us. And you know what? Your reputation may take a hit when you believe this much in what God has said. Socially, it may not always work out for you. You may do things with your life that people look at you and say, why in the world would you do that? Because you heard from God. And you trust. When I first felt called to go into ministry, I had an aunt who literally looked at me and said, why would you do that? What kind of, you're going to make no money, true. You have, this is what she said, you have so much potential. Why would you do, she literally told me, she wasn't being mean, but she was being honest, she's my aunt. You have so much potential. Why would you do that? And all I had to say is, well, I think that's what the Lord told me to do. That's all I had. All I had. What I felt was a word from God. You see what I'm saying? Are, are we willing to hear this way and also this way and entirely go, okay, be as it to me as you say. Even if everything in front of you is really murky. I, I, would, I would love to say, I would love to say 
that every time you get a word from God, you see clearly to the end. It's not that way. I promise you, it is not that way. More often than not, all you get is this, this part. That's all you get is the next step, if that. But to learn to grab hold, that we would be, again, people who live by faith, that we trust. Do you trust your entire life to God? That he will do for you what is best. And he will lead you in a way in what is best. And you don't, you don't have to have a plan B just in case. Right? Once Mary was pregnant, she, there was no, no plan B. Wasn't going to get out of it. This baby's going to be born. But by the way, it, she, she didn't go have a powwow with Joseph, as we can see in the story. She, she was risking not only in society, but risking the guy she, she, she was going to get married to. I mean, the, the whole thing, murky. All she had was a word from God. People of faith. You see, I, I've been living, you know, I, I've settled into living in Ohio for about for 25 years now. But my life has been just, okay, God, psh, go, go here. Oh, okay, let's do this. Oh, oh and I, I've just been living by faith. And, and, and then what people say is, why, why are you still doing this? Why are you doing that? Because God hasn't told me something different, so I'm staying to it. I'm not trying to make up something from God. So I, you guys know, and you hear a hundred times, I was a youth pastor for a long time. Some people ask, why are you still a youth pastor? He hasn't told me to do nothing different, so I'm still doing it. When he tells me, I'll hear. And I'm pretty sure he's not going to speak through you. I um, shouldn't have said that. Anyways, um, he'll tell me. Somebody trusted in my life will help me. Something will happen, right? That we trust that he will literally order the steps of our life. So, so when I felt called, I don't know why I'm using this example, but when, when I felt called, I had plans. I was going to college for a reason. And if you'd have asked me at that time, leading up to that time, I wasn't living for Jesus, but if you'd have said, hey, you're going to be a pastor, I'd have been like, no. And I could have given you five or six different reasons why that would not have worked. Not worked at all. And, and the plans and the thoughts and my own dreams for life were so opposite of what I'm doing with my life today. But today, I can't see my life any other way. Because the word of God got immersed into my being. I grabbed it and trusted it. You see? That just entirely changed. I went from attending Gettysburg University, which was 45 minutes from my house, to going to Evangel University, which was a 21-hour drive from my house, and my mom about died. All because the Lord spoke a simple word to me. My life literally changed. Everything about me changed. But yet I still look at Mary and Joseph and say, I want to 
be like that. Because I'm still not there. I want to be like that. He just, if he just says, if he just speaks, whew, grab it. That's God. God who made me. God whose ways are the best way. God who knows his wisdom is well beyond my own wisdom. God who has my best interest in mind. Even if at the moment it's like, whoa, I don't know about that. I don't know, does it make sense? I don't know if I do that. The future's murky. I'm not sure. You really want me to do that, or you really want me to connect with that person. You really want me to give that. You really want me to do this. You, I mean, what, however it comes, that I will just do what he says. I'm telling, I'm telling you, our lives would, would drastically change. So, so again, back to the pastoring thing. I did not have the personality to pastor people. Did not. I, don't like, I didn't like people, literally. Didn't want to be around people. I'm still sort of that way, but the Lord changed me a little bit. One of the worst things in the world, I, I hated to death, was speaking in front of people. I could have cared less for people's personal problems. You come talk to me about your issues, I mean, like, good luck with that. Didn't care. And everything about what it meant to do this was not me. But yet the word of the Lord brings out things inside of you that you don't know are there. If you'll let him. And not that I perfected those things, but certainly I've been changed. You see? How, how, how have Margo and I ended up at this church? Because we're just listening to what God has said. That, that's it. It's the only explanation I got. How did we end up there before we came here? Because we just did what the Lord said. Why did we pastor, youth pastor at church in Pennsylvania? Well, what the Lord told us to do that. Every step is just... So, so my, you know, all of my kids, they, they live out and about, right? We don't like it. But you know what makes me feel good about it? Is because I believe they're listening to the Lord. And I want them to go live their life on the word of the Lord, not what I want, which is living next door to us. That'd be great. But I believe they're hearing from God. So go do what he says. Go live. Right? You see, catch what I'm getting at? That we will just be that way. So next time you feel the Lord speaking to you, grab it. And say, Lord, that's not me. He'll change you. Lord, I'm not sure how it's going to work it out. He'll help you work it out. Lord, I can't see that far. Probably good you can't. Just ask him, what do I do next? He'll show you. What if it's hard? He, listen, the things that God calls you to are never going to be easy. Because if you could do it without him, it wasn't him. What he calls you to, what he speaks you to, always drives you back to him. That's sort of the whole point, you and him. Empowered by the Spirit, doing what he has said. 
whether it's personal change, living the Christian life, whether it's callings and purpose in life, he'll never call you to do stuff you can do without him. In other words, easy stuff isn't him. So, so in other words, when you think you're doing the will of the Lord, it gets hard. Don't say, maybe I missed the will of the Lord. It got hard. No, you're probably right there. You're probably right where you're supposed to be. Because he's going to constantly remind you, hey, you need me. Don't run ahead of me. Ask for my wisdom. You need my strength. I'm going to open doors. You don't need to. You can't. Right? The entire time, you got to hold on to him. Mary and Joseph could not do what they were called to do without him, and that's very obvious for that story. But it's the same for us. I want you to be so infused in faith in what God has said and, and belief in that, as, as, as was said to Mary, that anything is possible with God, that you grab a hold of it and let it shape your entire life. It will change you, absolutely change you. Amen? Believe that. Take the lid off of your life with God possibility. So we're getting to January 1st, a couple Sundays. It really, really doesn't mean much, but we like to because of our calendar cycles. New year, new stuff, right? How about you sit down with yourself and ask the Holy Spirit, what would you like me to do? then hear what he has to say. Then actually start believing that that can happen. If you're married, I, I would encourage you to speak to your spouse after you hear that word. Because two, two is still one, right? What can God do? What can God do? Amen? I, see, one, one of the greatest, greatest things that I see over years as, as a pastor in different capacities in churches is to see people walking in the purposes and the plans of God, no matter what that means. It just makes me happy that you're walking in what he is speaking to you. Whatever that means. So, so an easy example, uh, so Pastor Tim comes here sometimes. He's the youth pastor. I, I first met him when he was like 15 years old, right? He, he, especially when he got a little older, he got in and out of church and these different things. And, and then one day he comes and says, I think I'm called to be a youth pastor. I was like, really? <laughs> and we, we started a, a journey that I was a little bit of a part of, but he's, he took my spot when I, when I stepped down over there several years ago. And to watch him youth pastor today delights me. And my hope is he does a better job than I did. That's my hope. Exceed beyond. And I could tell you a hundred stories like that. Just to watch him fulfill calling in time he's come talk to me this is not easy yep but I did tell you that 
but you're doing a good job. Just keep grabbing hold. Keep, 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 keep letting Jesus lead you on. You're going to do great. He's done incredible. That kind of stuff makes me happy. To see people walking in the plans and the purposes of God because they just had enough faith to go, okay. Even if your verbiage is sort of like I was when I got saved, I give in. I, I, I quit fighting. I quit resisting. I give in. What do you want? And then he does what he wants. Some of y'all need to quit fighting what you know he said to you. You quit resisting. Some of you had a word tucked in your mind or your heart, and it's been a while, and you've been fighting and, and ex- trying to excuse it out the door, and it will not leave because the Holy Spirit dropped it in there. You need to quit fighting and start grabbing and see what he will do. Don't be like Moses. Yeah, go get my people out of Egypt. Well, I've got all these reasons I can't. And the Bible says the anger of the Lord burned against him. Stop making excuses for why you can't. So, so, we, so we have a, a saying on staff over there in our interactions and what we try to do. What we say is, find reasons to say yes. That's sort of a motto in our office. Find reasons to say yes. So when you know the Lord spoke to you, find a reason to say yes, which is pretty easy if you think about it. But quit giving reasons why you can't. You've got more in you and the purpose of God than you will ever realize. And it's not the same for everybody. Not everybody's out there changing another nation or something like that. But, but whatever it is, that it is just as great as what we think is great. Don't worry about what other people are doing. Don't compare what has God told you and the reason he told you that, not somebody else. The perfect problems, the purpose of the heart are like man, are like deep waters, and a man of understanding draws them out. Well, God will help you do that. When people come and say to me often, um, you know, I feel the Lord telling me to do that. I'll say, that's incredible. I'm not sure I've ever, ever, ever in my own mind thought, nope, or ever said to somebody, nope. You know why? Because I'm not God. It's not my place to tell you yes or no about your life. You come and say, God said, I'm going to be your biggest cheerleader. Go for it. Because if God said it, I believe it can happen because nothing's impossible with him. Believe that. So, so we're heading into next year. Be, be a Mary or be a Joseph. Be a Mary or be a Joseph. And let's see what God will do. Amen? So think about that. I'm, I'm not going to pray for just a second. I want you to think. I want you to start a process. I, I'll tell you something really great that really just lines up right here. 21 days of prayer. Maybe if you've had a word stuck in you, and maybe you need to fast a little bit during that 21 days. Clear yourself out a little bit. 
clear some things up in your own mind, in your own hearing, in your own understanding. And see what God will say and clarify. I, I pray that as a church we have clear words from the Lord. Clear words that we hear. But don't you dare have me pray that prayer and hear and not obey. And I'll be mad. I'm kidding. Kidding. Sort of. Amen? Okay. Lord, Lord, just for a moment, I'm going to pray. I'd like everybody just to think about that. What can God do in me and through me? I thank you for those words. I thank you for the faithfulness and testimony of the scriptures we find with Mary and Joseph that we will be people of faith as they are. That we believe nothing is impossible and that we willingly trust our lives to you. And simply fulfill what the scriptures say, the righteous live by faith. That our days are, are numbered, they are ordered by you, that we know, the, as the scriptures say, the plans of man failed, but the word of the Lord endures forever. That we start living our life with no regrets. We start living our life without excuse. But not because we are all that in ourselves, or, or Lord, that we're just so confident. But because you're with us and we believe in you. There lies our confidence. There lies our strength. And the things that you have instilled each, in each one of us, Lord, in, in, our, in our creation, Lord, you knew us before you formed us in our mother's womb that these things are, are, are being drawn out of our lives in the fulfillment of part of reasons why we're here, part of reasons why you haven't returned yet, part of the reasons of, of being a light in this world. So we thank you for that, and we reach for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All righty, well, 6.30, Saturday night, Christmas Eve, come on out. If, if, you're, if you're free, um, somebody asked, it's going to take a massive amount of weather that everything in the world is getting canceled for me to cancel it. So chances are I'll flip on my four-wheel drive and I'll be here, all right? So, uh, but be blessed, stay safe. We'll see you Saturday, Sunday. If not, we'll see you next week. Uh, love to pray for you tonight. If you have something to pray about, come on down. If not, we'll see you later.